Welcome, welcome, one and all, to the DL debate. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm here with the main man, Joe Deggs, as ever, keeping an eye on me. Uh, Joe, thanks for being here and producing the show. I want to thank, of course, Donna Marie for the news and the legendary Ivan Borland and the Power Hour Plus. Uh, what a guy. Uh, folks, listen, thanks so much to say for tuning in. I say it every week and, I t- and of course, I sincerely mean it. And I've been getting a lot of feedback lately, people coming up saying they enjoy the show and that. Um, it's great to get the reactions. Brilliant reaction to Jim's interview last week in particular. Um, you know, a lot of papers carried it and a lot of Donegal people and people outside the county loved it. Great to hear Jim, you know, and his, his honest views on the future of Donegal and he certainly looks like things is going the right direction. Judging by yesterday, absolutely blew the men of Cork away on a blustery day with a lot of players missing as well. Um, shortly, we're going to hear from Donegal legend Michael Higgerty and Donegal News top GA correspondent and sports editor Ryan Ferry. They're going to give us their views on that Donegal game and, of course, discuss the current GA topics making the news. As Ulster reigned supreme uh, in yesterday's league, uh, eight ones and one draw, and even the draw, to be honest, for Manor, way to meet. That was a decent performance by Fermanagh coming up from Division 3. So, yeah, just shows you the strength uh, us Ulster boys are putting out around the country. Nobody's able to deal with us and long may continue into the Championship. After the lads, I'll be speaking with regular correspondent Maureen O'Donnell after she was at the Donegal defeat to Kildare in the Division 2 encounter. And wrapping up the show, I'm going to speak with hurling boss Mickey McCann as Division 2B gets up and running next week. Donegal are away to Wicklow. That's all coming up in the show, but I'd say earlier today, I caught up with Ryan and Michael to discuss all the GA of the weekend. Yes, folks, former county great himself, Michael Higgerty and Ryan Ferry of the Donegal News, the fountain of knowledge. So we have the, the sheep farmer and the press man here today. Now, right, lads, how are you getting on? Good, oh, Brandon. Brandon. <laughs> Higgs, listen, that's the word, hey, you're, you're, you're making a packet out of these sheep, hey, is, 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 is that the truth? That's right. Uh, all the money's good. The money's good, right? <laughs> Keep you warm in the winter, anyway, uh, Eggs. Um, Ryan, yesterday, what was to be made? I'm, I'm trying to sum up this uh, Donegal performance, you know, particularly losing Ash and Gallon before the game. Ash said to me, where's the points going to come from? And you, you ended up kind of saying, well, they're going to come from everywhere, which they did. Um, Ryan, 12 scores. What do you take out of it in terms of Donegal's performance? And then were you a bit disappointed with Cork, particularly second half? Ah, yeah, I think I think you were definitely disappointed in Cork's performance. Like I know they're traditionally not good travellers, but you know, like even in the build up to the Division Two, you know, listening to different podcasts and and seeing newspapers and that, and people tipping who might go well, and pretty much everybody is tipping Cork to be in this promotion hunt, like and. You know, for a team that you'd be considered to be right up there, I thought they were well off the pace, to be honest, um, Brandon. But like, I thought Donegal were very impressive at the same time, even giving away a couple of, of sloppy goals. But, you know, they, they kicked 12 points in the first half, um, some fantastic scores, you know, and probably looking back to it against Derry last week in the McKenna Cup final, you know, we had a sizable win with us in the second half and, you know, we're, the, the shot selection was, was quite poor. Um, and probably in fairness, maybe all the shots in the first half yesterday maybe weren't all the percentage shots either, but the players took them on and they were flying over the bar. As you said, 12 different scores and, and 
it was really impressive and I thought they played a very smart type of football in the second half they kept hold of the ball ran the hard lines got the freeze and and, and Paddy put them over the bar so definitely a, a very very strong start to the league and it's important that we win the home games it's important that we're getting back to making McCool Park a fortress so definitely a, a, a good day out I would say Yeah, yeah totally agree just about Cork and even from the time that, that me and you would have played they always seemed to be a, a team that you like to play against you know in fairness to them I suppose you have to say they, they always try to play football but see in the modern game now being kind of a bit ruthless and that they still look like a team that are easy to play against it never seems to have gone away they never seem to have stepped into that next uh, you know modern type of game uh, that's right, Brenton. I suppose um, Jim was probably delighted to get a, a Southern team um, early on in the league, especially coming to Bob Buffet. Conditions were bad, you know, heavy field. Um, Cork, they're, more, they're still a bit of a more traditional team of playing football. And I suppose the the Northern Counties would have probably put a lot more into the McKenna Cup. Um, I suppose Cork and Kerry, they didn't bother much about... Um, uh, their the locals um, run around down down in, in Munster, um, where I suppose <clears throat> all the teams in, in Ulster, you know, were very competitive in the McKenna Cup and and probably are a step or, or two ahead at the minute. Um, and I suppose coming to, with Cork traveling up and and trying to, to do a lot of kicking and 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 maybe maybe passing fifty fifty balls into a crowded defence, it was. Um, it was easy for Donegal to mop up and, and counter-attack. So um, I suppose that there was only one winner from early on and it, it looked like after, uh, especially three or four minutes into the second half, the game was nearly over. Yeah, and I exactly pull out the line at half-time about McNiff. No one knows how to play in the breeze like Donegal. Because <laughs> everybody said at half-time is six points going to be enough. And I was like, well, it's not it's not like for like. You know, I kind of thought we would play... Well, in the breeze, I didn't expect us to play that well now, but you know what? That's always was the way with us. We we were good playing under the breeze. Yeah, that, that's right. And and uh, I suppose Cork got demoralised then as the game went on, and uh, it really petered out uh, big time, you know. But I, I don't think Cork have as much done. I, they played Kerry um, in that McGrath Cup game, but it was it was kind of open football, and 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 both teams probably, you know, we, we love watching that game, and maybe oh, thank God for the likes of Dublin and. And Kerry and Mayo and Galway to the over the last lucky years they kept up alive to a, a certain degree. But I this time of year, January, February, and maybe March, it's it's really it's really derail stuff. You you know men behind the ball and sl- sluggish and slow and you know and unless you're keeping ball well and you're well organised, um, you're going to you're, you're going to find it very difficult. Yeah. And and Ryan, just look at Donegal squad. Now, last week against Derry, you got the feeling where you know we're missing those boys and it's really hurt us. We also were missing then yesterday, obviously Oshin Caulfield before the game, outlet starting fifteen, and of course Oshin Gallon. Um, you know, yeah, that obviously Langan McGee, Nell O'Donnell, McCaughan, um, players that got uh, not there yesterday. I mean, there's a whole raft of people to come back in. Of course, Owen Ban was back, moving well yesterday. So you know, there's a get all those players fit, and there's a there's a really serious uh, pressure for a starting berth in uh, the first fifteen. Oh, there, there, there definitely is. But I suppose the big part of that, Brendan, is, is getting them fit. And you know the way that Donegal team are going to play, 
you know, with looks of it, it's going to take huge legs, huge energy. You know, you're going to have to be very fit to play in it. So if, if you're struggling along the way and you can't quite get the full training in and stuff, you're probably going to struggle a bit to get up to the level. And I suppose, you know, you do look at it, a lot of the teams this weekend were, were, were missing players. Um, probably the, the big exception being Derry, who, who, for whatever reason, seem to be able nearly to put out their their strongest team every day for the last three seasons. You know, their great durability to their players, whatever it is. And, you know, as you say, there, there are a lot of d- different options for Donegal if you have everybody there. And we, we would love to be in a situation to see everybody there and see how... How things would, would line up then? Would, would, would Kieran Moore still be in midfield or will he be half back or half forward? You know, there would be, you know, d- different ways, th- tweaks that, that could come along. Um, it, you know, like we're, we're going to need Oshin Gallon fit. I know the team coped well yesterday and other fellas stepped up, but, you know, he has that score and power and, and Niall Donald's a, a big one as well, Brendan. Like if you can get N- Niall Donald back into that, cause he, he's definitely got, the talent to give us something different in, in, in the forward line as, as well. But yeah, like a, a lot of people missing. Like you, you probably, you know, you probably could have put out a, a 15 yesterday, Bren, of fellas in the panel that didn't play either between injuries or being on the bench that, that would have given the 15 that started a good game, you know. So, you know, Sean Patton, another man that, that didn't feature yesterday through suspension. So, yeah, the, I suppose, I suppose the big thing is that everybody has committed this year. Um, probably with maybe, I suppose maybe the other player that he would have wanted is maybe is Ethan O'Donnell. He's headed away on his travels. Um, but it's, it's definitely a strong panel. And, you know, you're really going to have to earn your spot on the team. Um, which is great. And, uh, and that should, you know, I suppose more accountability on, on the pitch. You know, if you're not doing it, maybe you won't get the jersey. Um, if you can't get, can't get on the training field and, and getting the hard yards done, maybe you won't get an either. So, you know, it definitely leaves leaves the panel in a good place. Yeah, I suppose. Listen, if you don't make the team, Ryan, as we know, you need uh, you need players coming on that are going to affect the game greatly. You nearly need players that are pretty much touch and go of of making it or not making it. They come on and they give you a huge twenty minutes or whatever. Uh, Brian just mentioned their players stepping up. You know, obviously one of them was was your clubmate Patrick McBerry. Nobody would know him more, know him better than yourself. How important is this season for him, uh, Michael? You know, last season a, a terrible injury, and he was captain. And you know, you can see like he's heart and soul Donegal. You know, he led the line yesterday. And it was interesting with Oshie not being there. He took some of the frees that would be more a right-footed kicker. And of course, as a forward, you know, you end up with one six. You no, know, gives you a great lift. Uh, I'm just wondering the way that panned out uh, yesterday for him, Michael, and how important this season is going on being captain that that. He's in that type of form to lead the line. Yeah, you're right. I suppose um, being captain, there's always extra pressure on. And uh, I suppose Murphy, when he was captain, he led the line and, and led the team. And uh, I suppose there's Paddy probably feels there's pressure on him now to do something similar. Um, and I suppose last year it was stop, start, stop, start, and it never really got up and running. So I'm sure he's just absolutely delighted there. He played well yesterday. The team played well yesterday. Um, you know, he's, he's captain of the team and, um, he led the line. And I suppose that the team gave him the support that he, that he needed. Uh, and every one of them played so well, you know, so, um, it's pressure off him and, um, I'm, I'm delighted for him. Um, he's put in a massive effort getting back to where he was, where he's at at the minute from the injury. So, um, 
And hopefully, as it, you know, it's good too that they're in, in Division 2. You know, they're going to find a lot of uh, easy victories going forward now in the next couple of weeks and it'll build good momentum uh, for training. And listen, as long as you're winning, it, it helps things. So, um, no, I'm delighted for them. And um, listen, uh, there's there's a big array of players there um, numbers-wise. So um, pushing for places is going to make it more competitive and, and it's going to make it hard to get on the team. And that's going to help everybody. Yeah, and I have to mention, of course, his clubmate, Ryan McHugh, he was absolutely flying yesterday. And of course, you have a special, uh, even more interest in these guys than usual, uh, taking over at Kilkiara there. It must have been great to see those back boys flying fit again after, after last season. Yeah, definitely. There's a good hunger there. Um, um, Ryan played exceptionally well yesterday and there's a good hunger there. And when you see all the other players um playing um and you always want the best players in the county playing for you the county and and playing along with each other and, and um you know that gives great you know belief to you know so no no it definitely is very, it's very good and and um it's it's good to see it because before you know it, I suppose with, with the split season the the championship is not too far away and it doesn't belong coming around and um I suppose after week two or three everybody all the managers especially will want teams to be be uh, up to, up to speed on where the, where they need to be at, you know. So, and I suppose if, if anybody does pick up injuries, could rule them out for could rule them out for a year just because of missing, you know, five six uh, weeks, you know, with with this compact season, you know. Everything's happening quite, yeah, yeah, certainly. Brian, you mentioned something very interesting there about Derry and and no injuries. Do you, do you think there's something in that around? I suppose the training versus the medical care versus the rest, or you just think it's one of those uh, anomalies? Because, you know, I'm just thinking, as you're saying there, like they just never seem to have uh, injuries and like we have a raft of them at the minute. Do you think that's just one of those things or do you think there's something about how they're training? I, th- I think it probably has to be just their players and the makeup of their players, Brendan, because, you know, like looking at, you know, like, I watched Galway and and Mayo this morning. Like, and you know, you'd hardly recognise half of the Galway players. You know, they're missing a lot of play, a lot of ones. Mayo are, you know, Dublin had a lot of fellas out injured the last day. The two Cliffords didn't play for Kerry. You know, so like, I feel maybe it's as as maybe just as as more them. You know, and, and that's why I'm probably surprised that that they threw the Glen boys in straight away because you know. I, 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 I don't know if they can afford really to, to lose too many players, you know. Um, but like, you know, when you look through it down, down over the last couple of years, Brendan, they haven't lost too many players to injury. Is that good fortune? Is that just the makeup of their players? Is, is that their training load? You know, that I, I don't know. Like, you know, I suppose looking at our, our own players here in Donegal, you know, some of them have been carrying injuries in after the club season and, you know, maybe maybe with the split season and the way it goes in and then the club, you know, maybe there isn't really that that time to to get the recovery in. If you have a wee knock, maybe this is the only time of the year where you really get it. Um, you know, when when maybe these early couple of league games are are maybe not hugely important in the grand scheme of the season. So, I I, I don't know if it's I think it maybe is, is just maybe more a dairy thing than than a Donegal thing that that they're just able to keep to get all their players onto the pitch yeah. on a and and Ryan, where do you stand on the on the Glen issue? I mean, when I seen Hart's comments about you know we're leaving the door open, we'd love to see them. I was like, come on, are you joking me? Particularly, you know, if it was one season, I still wouldn't want them there. But the fact that they were in the club final last season, they go to Northern Semi, 
and then they're heading to an, of all games an away game to Kerry uh, I thought to myself God did they really want to be getting on that bus but there they were um, I just wonder Ryan, we, we had this conversation with, with Parkinson and, and Aaron Kernan uh, last week they, they reckon it wouldn't affect them and I just can't see how you go through you know tough enough league tough Ulster and in the group stage of the championship how you can just keep on like have, you got to love the game to play it right you know you got to really want it and I'm just wondering how can that keep keep going between particularly for those Glenlas yeah and like you know it's not just this season for those boys either Brendan like you know last season they got to the All-Ireland Club final you know the season before they were in the Ulster semi-final so they were into the depths of November uh, as well like you know now I know I know maybe some of the like I, I don't think Connor Glass played too much in maybe the first couple of rounds in Derry you know, but like that's that's still only a couple of weeks break, and you know he's probably doing a bit of training anyway. You know, during that period, like I just, it must be just so intense on him. You know, all the time, like you know the information that they would have been getting in the lead up to playing Kilmacud and the lead up to playing Scotstown, and you know, in the lead up to the All Ireland final, and you know, maybe maybe the training itself. You know, maybe they were they were fine tuning things in those last couple of weeks, but it's still, you know, even just psychologically on you, you know, the pressure going into those games. I, I just, I, I just don't see why they couldn't be given another couple of weeks. Like you know, um, but like I can understand Mickey Hart maybe wanting to make a make a statement yeah. in the in the early stages of it, but you know, it's a long season, you know, and mm. I, I don't know, but I suppose. You know, you look back to the All Ireland semi final between Kerry and Derry last year, and you know it was Kerry finished stronger in that game than Derry. You know, and maybe it's too simplistic to say that the Derry boys burned out, but you know, you just and I know they're finely tuned animals and and all that, Brendan. But you know, at the end of the day, I think you got to prioritize competitions. And you know, I, I was listening to yourself and the boys on on Smaller Fish, and I. No, I think they were maybe giving the league a bit too much importance in the grand scheme of things because come come April and May, you know, I don't think anybody's going to remember the wet and windy of January. Yeah, yeah, and uh, do you just I think Hart, you're right. It's it's a big statement from him. We come in, there was a lot of obviously all the all the nonsense that went around it and over mm. and back. And I think I think what he's doing is very much saying, right, boys, we're. Without saying it, we're going for all Ireland, okay? Obviously, semi-final, back-to-back Ulsters. That's the only thing you can really be planning for. And it's almost if he's putting a message across a group, we're all in, we're all in. I just wonder, I know myself, if you look at the, you know, that Dexter game member in the, in the group stages of the championship, the team of the Dexter game and then played the following week, nearly all of them were beat and seemed to go out with a wee bit of a whimper. You know, you remember throwing against... Um, uh, uh, Kerry, you know, you're looking at the games going on, even even Donegal that day. You know, I think when you play week on week and that, and try and do championship, it definitely burns you out. But listen, that'll be mainly seen. Maybe they'll prove us wrong, like the Monaghan men who continually me <laughs> prove us wrong. I mean, it was a phenomenal weekend for Ulster teams. Um, Higgs right across the board. You know, eight ones, one drawn, even the draw from Anna away to Meath was 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 decent. You know. Uh, what a start for Ulster. It just shows you that, that where Ulster football is. I mean, it's completely um, taken over in terms of a, a province out in its own. Yeah, the, the morning game and Dublin game, that was a cracker of a game. Um, absolutely a fabulous game. A great result for um, for Monaghan. But um, I suppose, again, um, 
I suppose going back even this question was asked all the time about the Ulster Championship and uh, it probably reflects again what I, what I was just saying about the McKenna Cup. No county wants to kind of lose to another county and, and I suppose they're just a way ahead for them first couple of weeks by being so competitive in that McKenna Cup and um, I suppose I think the, all the Ulster counties had a great uh, result over the weekend because of it. So they're, they're a step or two ahead of the rest of the ones at the minute, you know, but um, no, no, you have to great credit to like someone and that the regardless what the the, the number of uh, clubs or players are picking from um, they're able to produce um, fa- you know fabulous footballers yeah yeah and I know Ryan you were listening to the smaller facts you, you'd have heard the three of us tip Monaghan to go down I was like they're not like Monaghan they're the greatest uh, county in Ireland for proving everybody wrong they just continually do it I mean it, it's it's unreal uh, stuff Ryan Ryan look just you know looking at that in terms of the, the strength of Ulster teams uh, now and Jim mentioned it the last day when, when I talked to him and we we're just talking. I mean, it ties into the whole art situation now as Ulster is on the up and up. And literally now, as everybody gets better, there's no kind of easy games in there. And I know there's a couple of counties in there. You pretty much, it, it's very hard for them to beat maybe the top five. But really, there's five, six, maybe seven teams in there. They'll all think they'll give each other a game. You know, how does that fit then going into the group stages compared to you know, your other provinces that kind of can slide into a, a final <laughs> or slide into the, the group stage of the championship, the gym says? Well, I suppose uh, it's, hard, it's hard to gauge on it. Like, you know, like those, those winning Ulster gave you more momentum with it. You know, like does does it give does it lift the county? Does it does it bring extra people on board to have that big day out and and Clonus if you can get it? Um, you know, like there's only so many competitions you can win too. Like you know, like uh, I suppose me. There's probably and there's probably enough time in the season to push hard to win Ulster and then recover in time to go again for the group stages. Like you know, if you know because there's. You looked at it last year, and most of the groups there was nearly a, a an odd team out in there that that were always going to struggle. You know, like there's there's probably not sixteen strong teams in in the country that that can compete for the Sam Maguire. So yeah, there's probably always a good chance that you're going to get somebody within your group that you're going to beat, and then maybe another one, and that can can help you along. It's hard. It's hard to know. Like we haven't. We haven't seen enough of it. You know, we've only had one year of it. Will teams have learned different lessons and approach? You know, will teams think now? No, we can we can sack off the we can sack off the Ulster Championship. We'll we'll prefer to get a couple of a four week block heading into the All Ireland series. You know, it's it's hard to judge, but I think definitely I think the likes when Donegal and it seems from your interview, Bren, with with Jim last week, like it's it's all anybody's talking about this week. Hey, you you got the you, you got the big one. Um yeah, and, you know he he definitely you know he definitely was was pressing hard to you know what the importance of the Ulster Championship. And I think supporters in the county would probably be happy to hear that, like, you know. And um I think it's I you know, I know you can look at it that it's a new round robin and it's a it's a different Different structure, but you know, I, I think, I think you know, Donegal have a very, very hard route in it. But I think if they could get a good run in, in the Ulster Championship, I, I think it would help things along for, for our county anyway. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Thanks, hey, Timmy. You played a bit of fly keeper at Kilcar there last year. I think Mark was in a couple of times in that. And uh, where, where do you stand on the, on the goalkeeper issue? It's, it's such a massive part of the game now. We've seen. 
we got caught out there in the second half uh, yesterday for a goal after we'd hit the first three points in the second half kind of got them wiped out I know McCool almost got his hands to it but we, we ended up with a wee bit of egg in our face but I suppose listen if you won a game you got to learn things like that. Where, where do you stand on the fly keeper um, situation there and how people are uh, adapting to that, Michael? Yeah, there, I suppose the the, 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 the counties, I suppose, county-wise, um, the, the, the goalkeepers in general, they're being more and more braver uh, coming out the field uh, and they're trying to bring it on, on themselves to try and push up. Um, you know, it's, I suppose it depends on the goalie himself. Some goalkeepers... Um, you know, are just so more comfortable on the ball. So, so you know, I suppose Tyrone, um, their goalie he plays out um, field for the club wise. You know, but then if you go back, the best the best goalkeeper probably for the last maybe ten fifteen years and most success, successful county team has been Dublin and Cluxton hasn't gone past much the twenty one yard line. So it's very it's very hard. It's, I suppose it depends on the team, but definitely they're trying to get the goalie to come out. Like Monan Beg with Beg in there, like he's been very good coming out and kicking points and free kicks and whatnot, you know. And he's bringing more to the game all the time. But um, I don't think it's going to be the one and losing of the game for the goalie comes out and kicks a score or not and helps out, uh, you know. But it definitely it's an it's an extra um, uh, you know bow to the string for for a lot of teams of of. If they can take the pressure off, maybe the defender's not there, you know. But if you get caught out, um, I suppose it looks very bad then. And but um, I suppose each county will work what they have to hand and and try and use their own strengths, you know. But yeah. it's definitely the game is is changing all the time, you know. It'd be, it'd be nice things back in the day to get in around the back of the defender and nobody in the nets. Correct, uh, <laughs> ever get a goal like that? I must admit. Remember uh, what you say about the about the defenders coming up? You get a newsbeat if he passes the forty five. I mean, that line's well gone now. I mean, McCall comes striding up and banged one over the bat in the first half. And I was like, you know, the keeper himself is, is, is up. There's no more, nobody can have any nosebleeds anymore. Where do you stand in that, Ryan? You know, in the first half there, I thought at the time that Mulroney lost possession. Listen, obviously first came in, and he was, he's obviously, it's a tactic we're using. But it was a wet day, and just his position at that time, like we had five or six defenders behind him. And, you know, in the modern game, obviously, there's spare men there. I'm just wondering why there needs to be sometimes men out. It can get the kind of thing where you happen to see it be lynched in terms of if a team's set in the 45 and you're trying to get an overload. I can get it at that point, but if you're out and around the pitch, um, you know, when there's spare players there anyway, I don't see the need for the keeper to be out at that point. Or What's your view? Yeah, well, well particularly particularly the one in the second half where you were, where Carr got the goal, Ren, like, what were we, were we eight or nine points up at that time? Like, you wonder what, what's, you know, in terms of game management, you know, like, Cork were never ever going to pull it back on points alone. Like, you wonder what was the, what was the need? And I know, like, I'm not blaming Gavin Mulraney because that's what probably what he's been told to do is, is come out and play. But you just wonder, uh, is there any need? Just lock it down at that stage, you know, when, you know, they're going to have to push forward. There's still going to be spaces for players. Do you really need your goalkeeper out? In that situation, um, it's, it's an interesting one, particularly the the, the kickout spread. Like, you know, we were caught last week against Derry at, right at the end of the match, and they got through for a point when there really could have been a goal. And you know, you're looking at it yesterday, and with the kickout, and like you're leaving Brian Hurley alone by himself inside the 45 meter line. You know, and Brian Hurley is a has been a top class forward for for 10 years, and. You know, if they happen to go long, the break falls nicely and the ball's away. You know, 
you know, I suppose maybe yesterday in the first half it was going to be caught in the wind, but in the summertime when maybe the conditions are a bit better, uh, you know, is it going to be? Is there too much risk involved? Like you know, I suppose that's the that that's the question. We're seeing a lot of goalkeepers are doing it, but I think we're going to find later in the year that there's there's going to be a higher press fuller out the field, and I think maybe Donegal might be leading the chase on that one. Um, I, you know, I think you're going to. Like these teams, like like Derry and, and Armagh, are, are very comfortable if you sit off them. And I think teams are going to push, going to start to push Fuller out the field, and we'll, we'll see what happens then. But it, it's it's an interesting one, you know. It's the way it evolves. Like if you think back to McGuinness's first time, or first stint in, in charge, and you know the conceding of kickouts against against Dublin that day in 2011, which kind of shocked everybody. And now it's gone full circle where, you know, you're leaving one of the most dangerous forwards in Munster hanging inside by himself on your own kickout or on their kickout, you know. So it's, it's definitely evolved a lot and it's, it's going to be interesting to see how, how it plays out. Um, but yeah, I suppose looking at it, I would just query maybe when you're eight or nine points up, is there any need to be doing it? Yeah, yeah, listen, I agree. Ryan, but listen, league is for learning and that's a, a big thing. Higgs, just last question to you. Higgs, the, the pace that we, we played the game at yesterday, the tackling intensity, there's a real togetherness there. You can see Jim and his team, you know, there was a, there was a real spirit with Donegal and some of the performance. I mean, you could name so many players and you, know, you have to, particularly, uh, Oren Doherty in the first half, some of the points he had, but literally, I mean, there was, there was brilliant performance right across. I mean, Miguel Avrija coming in there. Certainly building his hand up for a, a position as well. And if you look at now, we have the four home games, of course, with Cavan away next week for Manor. Armagh only beat Louth by a point there. You know, we'll go up to Armagh and expect to beat them. Like, I don't think there's no point in why we can't go and win every one of these games and, and go, go up as champions. Is that what your feeling would be? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I think Donegal will definitely get come out of Division Two um, now with at, at, at ease because McGuinness is training there at the minute. It, it, it's full on; like there's no holding back. Every training session seems to be a championship match, and um, he'll bring he brings that, and he's everybody on board, and everybody wants to be playing. So he's coming to he's coming to these games um, at a hundred mile an hour, and um, I, and. I, I going back to, to what you're saying uh, on scores, you, you have scores from all over the field. Even the, the Brenton and the fullback been there, and the cornerbacks are scoring. Like their scores coming from everywhere, and they're you know they're playing with confidence. And um, I think they're they're um, they'll definitely cruise in Division Two. Uh, and you know they're, they're they're in a great position, and they'll they'll get stronger and stronger as it goes on. You know, so um, no, that's they're in a great position, definitely. So. They are indeed, and Kilgar in a great position too because they have the main man, Higgs, involved this year. We're looking to see that, Higgs. I'll be seeing you down later on, <laughs> down about by New York Donald Park. Okay, we'll have a couple of shoulders along the sideline, maybe. We'll get the crack going. Uh, Listen, you, you, you enjoy right, it, Higgs. Right, right, good man. Look, looking forward to it. Listen, Michael, fair play. Thanks for joining us. And uh, okay. as ever, lads, that was a great chat. Thanks for wrapping everything up from the weekend. Yes, lads, thanks for that. Appreciate it. We've got a break. Oh, we have a break coming up now, and then I speak with Maureen O'Donnell. Chat to you then. Yes, welcome back again, and we're going to talk to regular contributor, the one and only Maureen O'Donnell. Mo, how are you this evening? Are you hearing me? Have I got you on? Can you hear me? Mo, there you are. That was me, hey. How are you doing? I was just looking at you there, and I forgot that I had to twiddle some knobs there to get things uh, going. What's happening? 
Not a lot now. Hey, just listening to the debate in the men's there. Very, very good now. Very, a lot of interesting points. Good, good lads. Hey, good lads. Well, tell me, you were at the uh, Kildare game uh, after a good victory away from home. Kildare, what, intermediate champions? Of course, come away a wee bit of a buzz behind them. They'd won their opening game as well. Mo, what did you make of the fair? Yeah, well, Kildare certainly did bring it to, to Donald Park yesterday, you know. But listen, in fairness to the ladies, like uh, the Donegal girls, they held off well. Um, you know, you could sum it up by saying um, Amy Boyd Carr scored a, a fantastic, she had a really good game yesterday. She scored a fantastic point uh, with 10 minutes remaining in the second half. And that left scores sort of even. But, you know, after that, Shannon McLaughlin, unfortunately, just got into the sun bin, maybe too many cynical fouls and... You know, they capitalised on that and their only real goal chance of the game came, you know, three minutes later with only seven point, seven minutes remaining, Brendan, and, you know, they capitalised on that. And look, one of their t- top forwards, uh, Foley got on the got on the ball and Claire Freel, um, she's exceptional in goal now and she's, this is her second year on there, Brendan, and to be fair to her, she pulled off an exceptional save, so much so that, you know, Donegal players were nearly going, wow, what a save, you know, but maybe to their detriment because seconds later, you know, that ace forward, um, Roisin Burns, she scored 1-5 yesterday, which is overall more than what Donegal had on the board at the end of the game. Uh, she put it in the back of the net and really they got one more score after that, which left four points of a gap and just Donegal couldn't get back into it after that. So, listen, Kildare's fantastic outfit. They won the Division 3 uh, final last year, so up into Division Two football, uh, you know they're taking no prisoners. They're they're certainly looking to to get into the final and with two two teams in Division Two being promoted this year, Brendan into Division One, you know uh, it's a big advantage for a lot of teams. So listen, Diana Hora is is at the helm there. You know she's a legendary ex Mayo player. Uh, and she's been on there now a few years and she's done a great job with that team and they seem to have a lot of respect for her and she's get, got the players in building the team, Brendan, and like they're looking to get promoted this year. I definitely think so. But listen, Donegal's in with a chance there too, but they just, they have no real room for error going forward now. Yeah, and where do you think the promotion lies then? Would it be something John coming in first year? We know he's a top coach. We keep talking about, you know, there is a new team needs to be built there. Is it something you think he'd be happy enough kind of having a good league campaign and working towards the championship or do you think he would like to get promoted? Listen, isn't it? Obviously, it's, you know, everybody, every manager's uh, dream going on there, you know, is maybe to 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 get some silverware behind them. And of course, everybody wants to get back. Donegal want to get back to top flight football. Uh, you know, I spoke a lot last year about the Donegal men and the transition that they're going through. And nobody knew at the beginning of the year who was going to come in there. Now Jim's in there. And I mean, the whole county's behind him and it's fantastic. And he's done a lot of work with them. And, you know, you didn't know this time last year how it was going to go. And and this year, obviously, as you say, they're aiming for Ulster, an Ulster title, which is fantastic because everybody in the county is behind them. No more so than the women. You know, the women are there, relegated, had, had probably one of their worst years in Division 1 last year. Down now in Division 2, they too have lost a, a wealth of experience. With You know, I could name eight maybe girls that have gone from the panel. And John McNulty's on there now and he's taken a body of players together. He's trialled a lot of players throughout the county. There's a lot of young girls in there, minor girls in there. Some girls have come back into the flow that have been in a few years previous to this. And you're still left with a good few, you know, experienced heads there to bring it forward, like Suzanne White, Katie Hearn, Neve McLaughlin, uh, you know, uh, Claire Freel and, and Nets is solid. And 
you know, why wouldn't he be setting his sights on on uh, trying to get back to top flight football in Division One, especially this year when there's two places available and Division One with two 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 of the the top teams will be in relegation. You know, at the end of the uh, at the end of the season, so it's a massive opportunity for him to get back up there. Uh, and but listen, it's very very difficult, Brent, to get out of Division Two. Uh, nobody wants to be re- relegated to Division Three because you know you're nearly two years in the making, then trying to get back to Division One. So their aim would be at least to come maybe third in the table, if not get into second place or first place or place in the final. Whether they won the Division Two final or not, it's a day out in Crow Park. Everybody also wants to get there, you know, all of their supporters. Um, you know, you were talking about Jim getting back to Ulster. You want to get you want to get back to one in form. So of course he's coming on there and he's got an awful lot to do, uh, you know, using maybe Division two as a platform, maybe to try new players, but also at the end that knowing that you know you can't make the mistakes of last year and maybe lose games earlier on in the in, in the league. It's crucial to get them ones under your belt now, Brendan, at this stage. Yeah, you mentioned also, I suppose you know, you've you've Monaghan and and Cavan and size they get in there, and um, well, that that building process that has to happen, and I suppose rushing. Burn is is it a thing more about that? We keep talking about marquee forwards and that, and we've had them over the last number of years, and you could guarantee every time open the paper that they've scored the majority. Is that one of the big things now that John has to unearth? And if you haven't, you have to tactically be ready for that, to have that forward that's going to do what the likes of Rosh and Byrne did, because she was obviously the difference between the two teams. Yeah, and you know, listen, I've, I've had conversations since that, you know, and you'll see now with the ladies that, they're very much in this adoptive. They've adopted this defensive style of play, like like the McGuinness era, you know, and and it's faltered into the ladies a few years, you know, back. But it's still there, and it was very evident yesterday between both sides. You know, they're both sides are attacking passages of play. You know, we're met with maybe thirteen and fourteen players behind the ball. And then you have this key forward, like, you know, Jeremy McLaughlin or, you know, Yvonne Boner or, 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 or as you say, Roisin Byrne yesterday. Like, as a defensive player, you know, you're trying to get back into shape. And while you do give somebody a man mark and roll, uh, they're also trying to get back behind their 45 and get into shape while also trying to look after this player. But, you know, I think it's up, up to management and, and, and to these to sit down and maybe look, you know, there's a lot about, Let's not worry about them. Let them worry about us. But you do have to do your homework. Uh, when like Roshin Roshin Byrne won the TG Car Intermediate Player of the Year last year. She didn't do. She didn't get that. You know, for nothing. She's a fantastic player. She scored one four last last week when they went away to play to Monaghan. She scored one five this week. You know, so you know, and some of them are coming for freeze, but she's still doing a lot of damage. Teams that Kildare are looking to get her on the ball her and Nasa Dooley. So those are the two players that you need to cut out and you need to cut the supply chain maybe into those players. So it's about looking at that. If you're going to play a defensive style of football, you need to pick yourself maybe a player uh, who's got good man-marking abilities and say that's your role for the game, you know, uh, going forward. But yeah, you certainly see in the ladies' game, there are a lot of key forwards um, within within all of the teams. We've seen it last year in Division 1. They're getting big scores under their belt, you know, so... Maybe we need to adapt the game a little bit more, maybe to look after those kind of players and maybe from a Donegal perspective, just watch those kind of players going out and going forward. Because as I say now, Donegal need to win all the games now, Brendan. Yeah, and yeah. And they've another game at home, Westmeath. I suppose the, 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 the back of the league, back-to-back home games now and then Monaghan, we're, we're, we're away to Monaghan and home to Tyrone. 
and then two away games at the end. Does that make the league a bit different in terms of where the fixtures are laid out? Ah, listen, I don't really know how how it is for that, but I, yeah, listen, you want to win your home games anyway. So, I think from a Donegal perspective, it's great that they're coming this early on. You know, in the season, you know, they've got Westmeath next next week. No strangers to Westmeath, I suppose. The only thing going into the game is, you know, Donegal can take comfort in the fact that they have sort of maybe um, come out in the positive end of those games in the past. But like. Uh, Westmeath are are a good side. They're a very fast pace on the. They're very fast on the on the counter attack. Maybe they just lack that ability to get the ball over the bar. But Donegal are having serious problems in that in that as well. You know, you'd hope to see a few more forwards come on. But yeah, two home games at the end of the league, Brendan. You know, just it does make it more difficult for Donegal to try and get the. They need to get these ones under their belt because. As I say, going forward, they need all the points they can get now, but they will be tough matches come the end of the league campaign. And and you know, it's not it's not just Donegal fighting to get up. Like every other team that's been in Division Two, like like Cavan, like Monaghan and Tyrone, they're trying to get up too as well. Yeah. Well, we better talk about fixtures and when games are on and that. And Neil Nocton was along me on Saturday night just about the, the amalgamation. I think the quicker that happens, the better. You know, and listen. For years, I'll go and watch yourself and Maria. And I used to love the ladies' game. I'm just looking at some of the other score lines coming out there, you know, from previous games and that. Like, they really are low, low scoring. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, we want to entice people in. We need to give them something good. I mean, there's nothing like exciting games with loads of scores. And at the minute, it seems like teams have got their defensive shape right. But it's the other end of the pitch that, uh, I suppose, the counter-attack. We've seen that evolution in, in all games. I'm sure it will turn more. But at the minute... Those score lines would make you think that wasn't maybe the greatest spectacle 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 to be at. Yeah, well, listen, you make an interesting point, and and again, back to listening to you on the men's game. Like over the last number of years, maybe the last decade, you've seen this defensive football, and at the start, it was very much everybody behind the ball, break it forward, try and get the forwards in the game. Uh, you've seen twelve different scorers yesterday, so everybody now is a back and a forward at the same time. So what you would like to see in terms of the ladies game now is to develop more shooting forwards, even as backs. So you want backs and training, shooting, shooting, shooting. The more chances you take, the more scores you take, the more chances you have of putting you know points on the board. So if you're going to play this defensive style of football, like you've seen Shannon McLaughlin, she was up probably on the 21-yard line and she scored a beautiful point and her playing a corner back, supposedly, um, yesterday. But... That's what you need. If you're going to have a team attacking uh, in force, you want everybody that's up around the 21-yard line to be able to take these shots. And and at the minute, Donegal need to get more scorers on the board. And it's probably been a, a pattern for the last number of years where they've sort of locked or relied on the likes of Yvonne Boner, maybe um, Neve Higgerty and Jeremy McLaughlin to try and get these scores. But you really have to have backs, attacking half-backs now, are, are supposed to be and maybe as skillful at taking shots uh, as any forward was. So, like everybody in the field now is should be able to shoot, and I would like to see that coming more into the the ladies' game now as well, and it would make it more exciting. As for the double headers, Brent, you know, like it's an ongoing issue. The biggest problem is that the two bodies are very separate at the minute, and perhaps it's a money issue, you know, because you know when when the ladies go under the JAA, you know. Um, Ladies probably wouldn't fill out stadiums the way men would fill it out, but 
the option around that then and the way to promote the ladies game more to get more and more people seeing it because it is a fantastic game as you said is is to have those double headers like Donegal were playing the men were playing a quarter to two yesterday in Val Buffet the ladies were playing at 12 that game had been taken back to 12 yes. in the hopes that there would have been a double header and it ended up there wasn't and the two Donegal, the two the senior men and the senior ladies aren't at home to very much later on I think at the end of March now so uh, really a missed opportunity. But you've seen the same happening down the country with Mayo and Galway as well. The men's teams, Mayo and Galway women played on the Saturday evening and, and the men played in the in the Sunday, Brenda. So like, you want to get more people watching the ladies' game, you want to have those double headers, as you say. Yeah, do you, do you think that is a potential future then, Mo, having, having, like, uh, having the ladies and the men play in the same venue and, uh, at the same day? Well, absolutely. Yeah. Like in terms of you, if you put the LGFA under the GA, you know, uh, you know, like, and we've I've had many such a discussion with people. Like yesterday, they said that it's impossible to get to the two games, and there'll be a lot of people that want would want to go to the two games and support the two games, and the one venue under the one price. So whatever ticket price was for the men's game yesterday, maybe you know, put an allowance on there, or maybe up the ticket by five euros, so that you know you're going to have two quality top. You know, two top games in the senior national national football league. What your ladies playing first, and then your men playing. So I, I, it's a one-one really uh, in terms of promoting the ladies game because there's an awful lot of people that will be going to the men's game, Brendan, that actually wouldn't have watched the ladies game. When they start watching the ladies game, then you know they see the quality of play. You know, maybe in their head, they have this idea that listen, the women just aren't as good as the men. The, the quality of play isn't as good. It's not as skillful, but. That's very far from the truth. It's it's a fantastic game to watch and a very exciting game because sometimes there can be a hell of a lot more scores and it's way less cynical than the men's game as well. So, yeah. you know, True you indeed. get the bodies out. I just have to ask Maria about that. She'll always tell me, never mind. Uh, she she was the fullback as a full forward in the garden and she made whatever skill I had made it happen. That's her line. Mo and I. Well, thanks yeah, for joining us as ever. We'll be chatting as the season goes on. Yeah, absolutely, Brenda. Thanks very much. Much appreciated, folks. Just taking a wee ad break. Uh, thanks very much. We'll taking a wee ad break after both Mickey McCann. Yes, welcome back, folks. Just wrapping up the show, we're going to look ahead to Division 2B and Donegal. They're back in the competing. And, of course, Mickey McCann is integral to that. He is their manager. Mickey, you're giving it another big push. We are, Brendan. We're, we're going to give it one, one more rattle to see how they get on here, you know. So, um, uh, we've been a pre-season under our belt, so... Uh, uh, business end starts now really on, on Sunday to see where you're really at you know yeah yeah another great start to the season from you Mickey following on from last year tell me uh, Wicklow away always a tight ding donger great way to start the, the campaign off and I suppose away from home people often look at that uh, in terms of your, your your league campaign you've you've extra away games in there so listen you're going to have to pick up something on the way and why not uh, an opening game uh, against Wicklow yeah, and those fixtures have been uh, cruel enough this year, and as you say, we have five games and three three ones away, uh, a tough one. So, look, Wicklow last year, Brendan, we, we met three times. They, they beat us twice, and we beat them once, and the victory we had over them was down in Ockram. So, um, we'll, we'll be going to, to get two points, Brendan. Uh, uh, I suppose we're, we're the kind of new luck Donegal team here, Brendan. We've, we've boys opting out, and a lot of a lot of injury to key players. But, um, look, I suppose the panel, the boys that's been on the panel the last two or three seasons are are going to get their chance now in this league. So um, that's what it's all about, building the panels last few years. So we're going to get luck at, get the luck at boys now on Sunday again, you know. As part of that injury, uh, sorry, Mickey, as part of that uh, situation, kind of the long season with Satanta, you know, in, in terms of their players and, and a few injuries carrying over from that? 
Um, well, no, well, well, Richie Ryan, McDonoughy, and, and Cricket McDermott have opted out. Brendan, they, they they just can't commit between family and work and different reasons. So the M three's opted out. Who who are, who are normal starters in the team, you know? And then uh, Danny Cullen and and Declan Calder picked up uh, injuries and in, in pre season and come back and played against Fermanagh for us in the challenge match and a couple of training sessions. But Danny hurt his shoulder. Brendan, he actually got surgery on it last. Saturday, so his league campaign's over, and Deccan looking Deccan maybe not too serious, but looking like maybe he needs keyhole for for a cartilage operation, Brendan. So um, two big losses. They're they're probably gone for the league, you know, and the the rest are all just injuries, just getting cleared up over the next few weeks, you know. So um, uh, and Ron McDermott, obviously, who done his cruciate on the in, in the final last year, won't be back until April, Brendan. So look. Uh, you count that that's seven seven boys maybe that started the the, the Nicky Record final last year all all out of contention at the moment you know tough stuff to deal with uh, Mickey but no better man than you to find it out of course there's a couple of ding dongers in there no more than our neighbours Derry and Tyrone Mickey so it's going to be some real derby tough tough hurling to be played in there but exciting challenges it is indeed you know and it's very important it would be nice to have two bo- two points on the board before we we meet Derry at home you know because I do feel Derry's probably the, the strongest team and the division, Brendan, coming down from 2A, they seem to go down and up between the divisions every couple of years. So um, they just have played at that higher level, more so than any other team in the division. But um, I'd say two points this week, more in line, and then we, we'll get set for Tyrone and, and Derry's day. Uh, two big co- contests for us, uh, local local derbies, you know. Yeah, yeah. listen, Mickey, exciting stuff. And listen, we're, we're, everybody's behind you. Get out and support the hurling. They've been a phenomenal time, Mickey. You're right at the top of... 2B last year and uh, another good campaign ahead. Mickey doing sterling work as well. We'll be catching up with you as the season goes on. All the best in that uh, league opener. Get on, Brent. Thanks very much. Hurling boss here, Mickey McCann. Mighty stuff from him uh, as ever leading into this season. I'm looking ahead now to the uh, uh, next week. Uh, we're away to Cavan. It's a bank holiday Monday. So we've got to see what's happening. I know Joe, Joe Dex will need double time if we come in for that, but we'll, t- we'll discuss that another day. I want to thank him for producing all my guests who contributed this evening. Of course, Head of Sport, Ash and Kelly, Kenneth, for the record earlier today. And we'll keep you updated as the week goes on.